Hello, everybody. Welcome to Vineyard Community Church. We're very glad you're with us again today. We're going to start a new series um, this week, and uh, we're, we're going to look at uh, this season of Advent and what that means to us. And, and uh, you know, it's a, it's a wonderful time of year. Uh, it, it ushers in, you know, what we understand is Christmas. And so this four-week season that leads up to it are known as the Advent season. Uh, and each sort of Sunday has a theme. The first week in Advent is about hope. Uh, and we'll be talking about that together today. Uh, and I like the idea, the Advent story, you know, the, the, uh, the, the church calendar, the historical church calendar um, keeps us involved in a very large story. And we're a part of a much bigger story. And I think it's very important for us to remember we're a part of his story. And it's a, it's a bigger story than you can even imagine. And knowing the, 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 the parts of the larger story help us to know how we fit and what, what that's all about and what that looks like and how important we all are in this story, in his story, and it's a pretty cool thing. So I'm looking forward to talking with you about that, and like I said, this week we'll talk about hope together in just a moment. That's the intro. There's always a bad joke in this uh, transition time. Why does the Christmas alphabet have only 25 letters? Because there's no L. That doesn't need a follow-up, so I'm moving on. Scripture reading. Matthew chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where's the one who's been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he called together all the people's chiefs, priests, and teachers of the law, he asked them, where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way and saw they, the star they saw had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And after having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. And blessed be the name of the Lord. That's our scripture reading for today. We're going to tie that into something. But I want to show you um, throughout this little series some little movie clips of uh, Christmas stories that most of you will know if uh, you've uh, grown up in our culture. And um, I want to start with this one for today. If this works, it'll be great. If not, we'll just pretend it did.
got the full flu all the way up here in a blizzard. Oh, Harry, how about your banquet in New York? Oh, I left right in the middle of it. As soon as I got Mary's telegram. Good idea, Ernie. A toast. <laughs> to my big brother, George, the richest man in town. <laughs> So um, most of you have probably seen that movie, right? It's a Wonderful Life, uh, Jimmy Stewart. It's on, you know, all the time. It's a big hit this time of year. Um, that movie was actually the top-grossing film in this country in 1947, uh, and it has gone on to to uh, become one of the you know most beloved films in in uh, in American uh, cinematic history. Um, and the and the story is about that guy, George Bailey, played by Jimmy Stewart, and he sort of faced. Uh, when you watch a movie with a, with a continual stream of failed attempts to, to rise above what he considers a very small town existence. And, and finally, you know, in the, in the movie, at the sort of the height of his despair, he, he actually prepares to end his life by jumping from a bridge um, because he thinks his life has had no impact. It made no difference. It wouldn't make any difference whether he was alive or not. And, and uh, uh, an angel hops onto the scene and um, begins to show him, indeed, that his life made a difference. And so it's, it's, a, you know, it's a good movie with a good end, and it, 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 uh, you know, it's not theologically accurate, but that's okay. It's the idea behind it that, that we're talking about here. But it touches within us this chord, I think, that's really important to understand, is, is that, that deep within us, all of us want to have a meaningful life. We, we all want to know that the little things that we do sort of matter, really count, in the bigger story that's around us. And, and uh, you know, I, I was thinking in our scripture reading today, we looked at the, at the three wise men there in the story, and they, they sort of spent their, their lives, you know, uh, looking at the, at the details of a story much bigger than them, wondering how they fit, and then how amazing it must have been when they were the ones who got to go and follow the star and arrive and see the Messiah, see the Savior, the light that had entered into the world and, and, uh, and that this light that was coming into the world would, would reveal the, to all people the meaning of their lives and, and uh, you know, they, they sort of pack up everything and give up everything to follow the star lighting the sky. And, and uh, you know, I, I just think how amazing it is that, that um, we're part of a bigger story and that our lives matter. Each one of our lives make a difference in his story. And that, that I think there's great hope in that when, they, when we tie all those things together. Uh, and that, that we need to know that there's meaning and purpose in our lives. And really it's a, it's a search that we're on in, until we come to know Christ. And, and the, the Christmas story, you know, Advent, this whole process, what it, what it really tells us is that God pursues us. He meets us on our journey and, and he knows it's, it's really him that we're all looking for. That's where we're going to find life, our creator and our, our Lord. And, and he knows your life is full of meaning and destiny and that you have a wonderful purpose held in his heart for you. And, and that he is the God of all hope. And, and I, I just think it's important that, you know, as we start this season, because for, for many people this is a great season and for many people this brings up a lot of hard stuff for them to deal with. And, and my hope would be that, that you would know and have your hope 
in him. And so there's a few things I want to talk about with you today as we, as we move into this first week of Advent. And first is this, that uh, you have a wonderful promise. You have a wonderful promise. Um, the basis for our hope is found in the way that God has kept his promises in the past. And, and really, the, the entire story starts uh, for us back, you know, in creation at the Garden of Eden. And it actually starts, um, you, you know, this, this amazing process, this promise starts at a time when um, people have really messed up. Uh, Adam and Eve are deceived and choose to um, do their own thing rather than to follow the ways of the Lord. And, and sin makes its entrance into the world and changes everything. That from that moment forward, everything is changed. The, the, the planet's broken, the world has fallen, and everything is different uh, and immediate because of the entrance of sin into the world. It separates man and God. And, and, it, and it, it continues to separate us. Our sin separates us from God. And we were really at that period, at that moment, in that time, all of us were lost. And, and just like Adam and Eve, how they ran and hid because they, they suddenly realized they were naked. They were ashamed. All their, all their mess just sort of uh, you know, broke in upon them. And, and everything was so different that they, they were so scared. Um, but, but from that very moment, and here's what's fascinating, because mankind had chosen to go their own way. God's response could have been lots of different responses, but he chooses to set something in place to make a way for restoration to happen between people and himself. And, and um, it, it starts way back in Genesis 3.15, and then we'll see promises unfold throughout the Old Testament. Genesis 3.15 says, And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offsprings and hers, and he will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. Now, if, you've, if you ever come here on a Wednesday night, you know, we've been talking about Genesis uh, together over the last almost year now, a chapter at a time, and I've told you from the time that we hit that verse, that's known as the crimson thread of redemption. And it's one of the things I try and get people that are studying Genesis with us to remember, because it's so important that, that um, from that time... This promise moves its way through the Old Testament all the way to the cross. And you see it throughout the Old Testament. And, and it's such an important promise. And just in that one verse, there's some things that we know that, about how God's going to fix this problem we have because sin, that all of us have. We've all been separated from God. And, and so that one verse, amazing amount of information. Here's some of the things that's in there. That God's plan is centered, this plan of redemption is centered in a specific person. Um, that person would be a man... Uh, he will enter the human race by being born of a woman. He will do battle with the evil one. And the enemy will strike a blow against him, but will not defeat him. And he will ultimately crush Satan and his power. So in that one verse, we see all these things happen. All these promises are laid out about how this is going to be reconciled. How we're going to be restored is going to take place through this promise. This, this promise of redemption. So the deliverer, when he comes, will be the seed of a woman. He's not going to be an angel. Uh, he'll be a man. will enter the human race being born of a woman. Uh, and then we're going to learn a lot more about him also through the Old Testament. And, you know, for lack of time, I can't get to all these verses. Uh, but you need to know that throughout the Old Testament then, these promises are made um, about Jesus. Um, that he will be Jewish. 
it says that. He will come from the tribe of Judah. Gives us a verse for that. He will be a descendant of David. There's a verse for that. He will be born in Bethlehem. We just read one of those verses. He will be born of a virgin. We, we see that in Isaiah. So these promises start to unfold, and there's lots of them. I don't have time to cover them all. But from the crimson thread of redemption comes this series of promises that we see throughout the Old Testament. And these are the qualifications, if you would, of the Messiah. And, and there's only one person in history that's ever fulfilled those promises. And his name is Jesus. And, and if you go back and listen to those things that I said and listed, you will see that he fits every one of those and every one of those that's in the Bible. And there are many, many of those sort of promises. And, and so what we need to know is that God keeps his promises. And that's really important for us to rest in. God keeps his promises. And we have a book full of his promises in the Bible. And, and so, so we have a wonderful promise that Jesus would come and make a way for us back into relationship with God. So we have this wonderful, wonderful promise. Because of that promise, point two, we can have a wonderful life. We can have a wonderful life. You'll notice the tie-in with the movie clip at that point. Okay. Um, and, and that life, you know, I, de- I try and describe that as it's a full and abundant life. In the New Testament, it says, Jesus came, that I might come that they might have life and have it to the full. And so this, this life that we can have is a full and abundant now and forever life. Now, it doesn't mean that we, we get to skate through this life without any difficulties. Because we already talked about sin entering the world. It impacted everything and messed the whole deal up. And until Jesus comes back again and sets everything right, there's fallout because of the consequences of sin. Some of it's, you know, our own stuff. Some of it's the stuff from other people. Some is, is some we sort of can go, okay, well, I sort of understand why that's happened to me. Other can, seems completely unjustified, had nothing to do with me at all, and yet it impacts me. But that's the enemy, that sin has entered into the world, and, and we have issues. But Jesus has entered the scene, see, and so we can have a wonderful life because already he's with us and for us, and we're not alone. I love this Psalm 46, this verse. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. And, and I like that, you know, that God's help comes in times of trouble. Anybody here ever had any times of trouble? F- fallen world, broken planet, it happens. That's part of the deal. Uh, and, and yet, when we're in the midst of trouble, it says, God sends his help and proves to be our refuge and our strength. And so, so even, you know, in, the, in difficult circumstances, we, we can settle in the fact that he's with us and for us and wants the very best for us. That's his heart for us. Uh, and, and all along we can see it in his promises and how he's, how he's made a way. His, re, his response to our saying, you know, go away, which is really what Adam and Eve did. We, we're going to do our own thing. His response was to make a way back for us because he continues to love us. He's with us and for us. And then, because of that, see, we make a difference in this world. Uh, and we make a, different in, a difference in the lives of people all around us. I love this verse in Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. 
That is such a powerful verse. Now, we don't, it's, this isn't a verse, a verse about, you know, earning your way in salvation or anything. That's a free gift that comes in Christ. You just ask and receive it in that process. But how amazing is it that, that God, um, the one who keeps promises, also tells us that, that um, there's stuff for us to do that makes a difference here that he's prepared in advance for us to do. I don't know if you ever think about this, but the, but the little things and the big things, God has prepared in advance for you to do. And, and how amazing is that? How awesome is that? Opportunities, you know, to, 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 uh, to help people and to pray for people and to encourage people. Opportunities to do things that nobody else ever sees but, but God. Um, but knowing that, that he put you there so that you could be there at that moment in time to do that. It might be that you're, you know, you're to pray or, or you know, you're to do something behind the scenes or something goes on. But you're there because God put you there and he created it in advance. It was something that he knew you would be there to do. And, and every time you do those things and begin to realize it, you go, you know, I'm part of a much bigger story. I, I'm not just my own little story. The, the universe doesn't revolve around me. Thank God. <laughs> it revolves around him. And I'm just part of that story. I'm, I'm a noun in the story. You know, I'm, a, I'm an action verb, pardon me, in the story, which he is the only noun. Uh, I, I'm just a, 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 you know, a describer of the noun of the story, which is him. And so, you know, but I'm a part of the story. The story's not much without some action uh, and some verbs, you know, and some stuff happening, some describing things. And so, so we're part of his story. Uh, and there's something in that, I think, that makes life exciting, that, that helps us to know this is an adventure, that there's purpose to this, that, that we're not, uh, you know, just to kind of go through life. And, and even as believers, sometimes it happens, believers start to get into a rut and they, they just sort of get up and do their thing and try and be good people waiting for Jesus to come back. But there's so much more to it than that, that, that he wants. And, 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 and it happens in our everyday lives. You, you, don't, you don't have to head off somewhere to go and make this stuff happen. You just got to wake up and breathe and move out into the world around you. And opportunities that he's already created in advance start popping up. I love that stuff. It amazes me how often it happens uh, in life just, just by keeping your eyes open and being willing. How often you'll run into someone who just needs a kind word or a, or a prayer or a smile or a, they, they need a hand, they need some, and, and they're there everywhere and God's prepared it in advance for you to do because you make a difference. Your lives matter in the kingdom of God and in his story. And it makes for a wonderful life. Knowing that no matter what's going on, he's with us. And that, that, that he's got stuff for us to do that make a difference in the world around us is significant. And then third, uh, this other thing of hope is that you have a wonderful future ahead of you. You have a wonderful future ahead of you. First Peter 1, 3, and 4 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he's given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you. How cool is that? I, I don't know how often you get a chance to kind of think about and read that verse, but it should be one of those ones that you think about all the time. He's given us new birth, so we have this new life in him, uh, into a living hope. This hope is alive because of what Jesus did and how he was resurrected from the dead. Into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you. It's, it's good. We've got this amazing future as well that, that he's promised to us. And there's something in, in holding all these things in context that will give you great hope. We have a God who keeps his promises. 
And he has. And we can go back and see promise after promise after promise after promise after promise that he's kept in the Bible. Uh, and, and we have that. And, and then we have a life now. It's a now life. It's not just a it, it forever life. It's part of it. But it's a now and forever life. This life matters, makes a difference, is filled with purpose and adventure. And, and uh, you know, even in the hard stuff, we can know that he's with us and for us. Because we all have hard stuff. But, but still, this life, there's, there's nothing like it. There's no better deal in the universe. This is, this is an amazing life that he gives us and opportunities to be involved. And, and then the promises of, of a future, you know, that, that go beyond what we can ever imagine. And, and so we're to have, we're to be a people of hope as we think about this season, but always. And, and one way, you know, if you, if you sort of struggle with that, because the enemy would love for you to be not a person of hope. Um, uh, but, you know, just to kind of become unmeaningful. That, that doesn't mean you, you don't love Jesus, but it's a trick that keeps you from making a difference. And he would love to see that happen. And so one of the things that we can do, because we know the promises that he keeps, um, is, is, is to keep filling your heart and your, and your mind um, uh, with his promises and, and with what's happening in the scripture. Romans fifteen thirteen. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Overflow with hope. Now that sounds pretty good. I'd, I'd like to be over, you know, overflow is a good thing. And, and that's, that's what we have. And so, you know, my encouragement is, is to remember the promises, to remember the importance of your life now, to know that what we've got coming is beyond what we can ever imagine. And then to take some time and continue to press into him and to know him more. Um, you know, this hope means that better days are coming. No matter where we're at now, it's, it's, it's going to get better. And, you know, all around us in, in the world, the world seems to get crazier and crazier and crazier. And we're more aware of it now because we're more tuned in than we've ever been. And it's easy to lose hope. But don't. God is still God. He's still in control. He's still in charge. And he wants you to experience life now. And he's with us and for us. And he has things for us that make a difference in the world around us. And, you know, like the, like the wise men, we just need to continually come um, and, and get before the, the newborn king, if you would, and, and worship. And, and know that this, this hope is available to, to all who will humble themselves and bow in faith before the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and that's where your hope will be found. That's my hope for you, this, this Advent season, this Christmas season, that, that you would know Jesus and that you would know him more and more, that you would know him as your Savior and Lord, that you would know the life that he has for you and, and all that that means. And so, you know, my heart is that you've, you've made that decision already. But if you haven't, really, the, you know, the decision is just humility and faith. It's just getting before God, honestly saying, God, you know, I've blown it in my own life. I've sinned and, and, and I've, I've fallen short of of who you are. I've been separated from you, but, but God, I see you've made a way for me in Christ. You've come to be my Savior, Lord, and I would accept you. I, I want you as my Lord and Savior. And, and you pray a simple prayer like that, and, and things begin to happen uh, in your life. That reconnection is established, and he can take you from there. So if you've never prayed a prayer like that, I'd encourage you to do it today. If you need help, just come and find me. I'd be happy to pray with you. But, but um, you pray that prayer and things get started and receive the best gift there's ever been. And let hope just, you know, rise up in you. Because he's a God of all hope. Amen? Amen. All right. Oh, if you're watching on the recording, I always forget. Thank you. Uh, come to church. <laughs>
Somewhere. I, I know, some of you are gone and you can't, but when you can't, I know. I love you. Uh, but go ahead and turn that off. <laughs> that was just spontaneous. <laughs> 